Welcome to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. I do believe that we have five important Christian holidays. Holiday is a combination of those two words. And so... Though it doesn't tell us to celebrate Christmas, there are some important things, holy days, that I think we should recognize, should preach about, and perhaps even celebrate. And those five holy days are Christmas, Good Friday, Easter, Ascension, and the Pentecost. And to give you alliteration, we could say the Incarnation, the Crucifixion, the Resurrection, the Ascension, and the Dissension of the Holy Spirit. If we would keep these five days, it would give us something to teach our people about. That's why we recognize them. What are we doing during what we call this Christmas season? We're recognizing the incarnation that Jesus Christ came to this world, that he descended from heaven, descended from his throne. He took on human flesh, became a man, became a baby, became a child, became a man and dwelt among us. And the good news is we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten Son of God. And so we celebrate his birth. We celebrate his betrayal and his sufferings. We celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate his enthronement on the, on the throne of God at the ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And these things help you and I know the gospel and know the scripture better. In one way, as Christmas comes, we remember some important things from the Old Testament. Promises and prophecies that Jesus Christ would come into the world. We will remember as we celebrate Christmas that he is the promised child of Eve who came to do what? Crush the serpent's head. He is the promised descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is from the lion of the tribe of of Judah, that he is the son of David who will inherit David's throne and he will reign on David's throne forever and ever, that he is the son born of a virgin as foretold by Isaiah the prophet. He is the one foretold by Micah that would be born in the little town of Bethlehem. And I could go on and on. And so that's why it's important that we stop and recognize his birth and his coming into this world. Because one thing we can do, not only can we use it as a teaching tool for you, but we can also use these holidays as an evangelistic tool to invite people to come to our church, to church, to hear the gospel, to find out what Jesus Christ has done for them. And his story is told and foretold and promised. And there are four titles that, and I'm not going to have time to look at them as I looked at it. It's funny, I'm only going to look at half of a title, but they are Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. These are royal titles. 
These are titles not pointing to a king, earthly king, but pointing to a heavenly king that will come to earth to establish his kingdom. As you, I, uh, as I preach and you know this, when Jesus Christ came, he told them that the kingdom of God has come, that it is near. And he is the king of that coming, coming kingdom. When this prophecy was given, and time will not allow me to go into it, but it was a very dark time in Israel. It was a dark time for the people of God. Now it's true that in these people of God, in this nation of Israel, most of them were far from God. They were not near God with their hearts. They were not near God with their lives. But in that group, there was a remnant of people who were still faithful to the word of God. I believe that we live in dark times. I believe that we live at the end of the age, as the Bible has predicted. I know that these days are like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. I know that the coming of the Lord is nearer than you and I can imagine. And you and I are going to be caught up in this world of darkness and in this world of wickedness. And even though you're holy and even though you serve God and even though you're faithful and even though you read your Bible and you give your tithes, wickedness is going to abound. Lawfulness is going to increase. And you will need to remember the promises of God as never before. And God gave this promise to those people. What is amazing is that promise has not yet been completely fulfilled. Because we're still waiting for the kingdom of God to be established on earth. And so as those people receive that good news, you have received the same news. And we're still waiting for its complete fulfillment. It's interesting. Isaiah 9, 6 is as relevant today as it was back in Isaiah's time. And just so you understand, this child that Isaiah promised to these people was born 700 years after it was given so you might think, well, a lot of time has passed. It has. That God's purposes and God's plans will come to pass. And so I'd like for us to read this morning. It was Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll read verses 1 through 6. And this is the word of the Lord God Almighty. Please hear it. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. Divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder and the rod of his presser you have broken is on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. I'll finish the reading here in a moment. But you understand why we give Christmas gifts. You ask yourself, where did that start? It started with God the Father in heaven when he gave to you and me his son. 
unto to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Understand that those words are four titles and they have a combination of words. What is in a name? Some of you may know that is a famous quotation from Shakespeare and from Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet fall in love and after they fall in love, they learn that their last names are the names of rival families. They're like the old, they're like the later Hatfield and McCoys. Romeo is a Montague and Juliet is a Cap- Caputale. And she asked Juliet, R- Juliet asked Romeo one day if he would be willing to deny his last name. But she says to him, if you won't do it, I swear to you, my love, and I'll no longer be a Caputale. A few lines later, Juliet asked, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. And what she's saying is, whatever you would name a rose, it would still smell sweet. And even if we denied our names, our love would still be pure and still be strong. Nothing defines our names, our lives more than our names. As I've grown older, I believe that We've gotten silly about giving names, especially, and I'll maybe go into it next week a little, what names Hollywood people give their kids. Apple, tree, planet, whatever, you know. I'll tell you, just the metal, I think it's probably good that you pass on your family names. My, I don't know, my mother was that way. I was named after an uncle. My uh, brother after me was named after... Uh, an uncle, my mother's uncle. My sister got my grandmother's first name and she detested it is Winifred. And, but she's Ruth Winifred. And then my other two brothers got family names also. Didn't realize it. We, we did that with Brooke. She's Brooke Anna. So, you know, she's named after and sad to say she acts like her. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, I was going to tell you this joke. I'll tell it now. It works right into this. But uh, uh, wife came up and said, I can't believe you didn't buy my mother a Christmas gift. He said, dear, she didn't appreciate the gift I got her last year. He said, appreciate it? Who would appreciate that? He said, she needed, she needed a cemetery plot. <laughs> she said, a, a cemetery plot? Why would she appreciate that? He said, because it's a gift, I gave it to her. And since she didn't use that, I'm not going to buy her another one. <laughs> but names mean something. You know that. Now, from now on, when I say adorable, you'll know who I'm talking about, John. You just say a name. You say Tom Buford. You guys got a picture. Christina Beckett, Justin Beckett, David, Bill Hearn. You know what I'm saying? Jim Veneman at all. The, the, the name, there's something that ties you to those people. You just 
know something. I said, Billy the Kid, you know what I'm talking about. Here in this area, if I said Jesse James, there's something that you ident- identify with, uh, with those names. Uh, so uh, Attila the Hun, uh, Bloody Mary, Queen of Scots. So if you know a little bit of history. So names tell us something about all of us. Well, God gives names to his son so that you and I might know who he is. And he is so great, so beyond our understanding that God has given him lots of names. Just for fun, you ought to go Google Prince William. You'll find out not only does he have William, but he has three other names. King Charles III has other names, at least three other names. And so uh, Jesus Christ is king of kings, and he ought to have more names than all the kings who have ever lived on the face of the earth. And so one name he's given is Wonderful Counselor, and I just want to take a moment to think about wonderful. We use wonderful a lot at this time. All of us have probably seen the movie, A Wonderful Life. And no doubt it'll be shown for like the thousandth time in history this year. We all have heard that this is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, hear that song played somewhere in the cafe. You probably could start singing it if I would just let you for a moment. His name is wonderful. And the reason this is important, as I told you, these were dark times for the nation of Israel. Verse Isaiah, verse 22, 822 in the slide 10, Lisa, just because I'm moving, trying to move a little quick. It says, they will look to the earth. That's the world we look, live in today. They're looking for answers and they're making lots of promises. That's one thing about the world. That's one thing about political leaders. There's always promises and there's always solutions. But we keep, see, keep repeating the same cycle. Will there be an economic collapse? Will the housing market go down? Will the stock market clash? Will there be war in Ukraine? Will there be nuclear war upon the earth? And yet everybody, politician seems to have an answer. But he says, look, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into the thick darkness. Not going to get better. Going to get worse. And yet Isaiah 9 says, I've got some good news. We're going to change darkness for light. We're going to change sorrow for joy. We're going to change gloom for happiness and victory. God is going to set us free. No longer will there be defeat. No longer will there be discouragement. No longer will there be depression. But now there will be joy. There will be freedom. And there will be hope. And it's all because, guess what? There's going to be a newborn baby who's going to be king of kings and Lord of lords. And he's going to be a gift for us. Unto us is given. For us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And on his shoulders will be what? The government. And he will bring hope. So those who have been in darkness will see a great light. And those who have been in anguish will be full of joy. And those who are in bondage will be set free because someone named Wonderful Counselor is going to be born. Here's the thing about this word wonderful. And, this, and I know, I, I thought, man, you're going to be able to say 
Well, he didn't really preach to my needs, and he didn't really preach to what I need to know. And and I hope I can get this across, that you can understand wonderful. We think of this as an emotional word or something, it's about me. I feel wonderful. This Christmas tree is beautiful, and it inspires me. It gives me a sense of wonder. And that's how we read the scripture sometimes. But the thing what you need to understand is that he is wonderful. He is what is amazing. He is was what is miraculous. He is what is supernatural. I didn't put the text on, but verse on Psalm 78 tells us a little bit about wonder. It says, in the sight of Israel's fathers, God performed wonders, mighty works in the land of Egypt and the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through and let the water stand up like a heap. In Judges 13, 18, Manoah, if you remember that story, the angel appears to him and he says, and, he, and Manoah wants to know his name. And the angel says, why do you ask my name? And I believe this is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an angelic appearance or a, a super appearance of Jesus Christ. He says, why do you ask my name, seeing it is called wonderful? Now, let me tell you what the word wonderful means in the Hebrew. This is going to be very difficult for you to get. Beyond understanding. That's not that difficult. Beyond understanding. I'm amazed that people struggle with the virgin birth. I mean, if you're a Bible person and you start off with the first chapter and the first couple verses, in the beginning, God said, let there be light and there was light. And then you have all these wonderful days of creation and then God creates man and woman in his own image. And from what we understand, he takes a piece of dust, dust, and he creates a man. He takes a bone and he creates a woman. Why can't he? And this is really Hebrews, and I won't read it all, but this way, he took the woman's egg, ovula, and he created a body. Hebrews 10 says, Jesus said this, you've created for me a body, and I will inhabit it. And he left heaven, and he inhabited that body, that baby's body, that embryo, and lived there to become our Savior. God's plan was that a man would come and redeem you and me. And so Jesus became the God-man. Now, that may surprise you. But why would it surprise this generation? When they believe a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. And they believe a man can give birth. I mean, they've gone beyond Isaiah. If he's God and a God of, if he's, big, if he's a big God, creating a little embryo, preparing it so Jesus could inhabit it, shouldn't be such a big deal. But let's be honest. When you think about that, that's a miracle. That's wonderful. That's beyond my understanding. And it should be because it's God doing it. 
It's not something man can imagine. It's not something man could create. It's not something man can do. It is the impossible. And that's what Christmas is about. You and I should be filled with the wonder that God himself took on human flesh and dwelt among us. This one who was exalted, sovereign, supernatural, became a baby born, in, born and placed in a manger. This God became a man so that you and I might have eternal life. What a miracle what a wonder. This God who said, let there be light. And there was light came into human flesh. Why? So that you and I might behold the light of the world. He told, he told him, he healed the blind man in John 9 and made the statement, I am the light of the world. It ought to just make you stop and wonder about what? is going on. What is God saying? What is God doing? That's the Christmas story. Zacchaeus, this old man took his turn. And I'm going to use Zacchaeus and Elizabeth in that parable of the prayer. But he and his wife had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a child. The angel told him, "You're going to be, Elizabeth's going to have a child." You know, How can this be? She's past childbearing age, and he wondered what the angel meant and saying. Because of his unbelief, a little bit, you remember the Lord made him mute for a while, and he wasn't able to speak until it came time to name his son. But Zacchaeus wondered during the Christmas time. When Mary received the good news, she wondered, how is this possible that I could have a child? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. But she wondered. But she heard the words, all things are possible with God. Joseph wondered, what is this that's going on with Mary? And the angel appeared and said, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And Matthew goes on to interpret that for us and says, this is the fulfillment that Isaiah told, that he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Think of the shepherds as they stood in those fields outside of Bethlehem, and the angels appeared, and they wondered, what is going on here? Then think about this. The shepherds went and told everybody what happened. And so everyone in Bethlehem and those outside Jerusalem and all those in that area began to wonder, what are these shepherds talking about? Mary wondered. And Joseph wondered, who are these shepherds? And why are they here? And can you imagine a few days later with three, maybe we always say three, but when all these wise men showed up from the East. So we've been following this star. And I imagine they wondered, star? What star? But it was a special star that made the wise men wonder. Don't you think they got up every day and wondered? As if, it's still there. It's still leading us. 
These are guys who were stargazers who watched the heavens and all of a sudden there's this one star that keeps pulling them along. Wondering what is going on. And I think of Simeon who would see the Lord in the temple the day he was presented to the Lord. And he wondered, is this what I've been waiting for? A baby? I was looking for a deliverer. I was looking for someone who would set us free. And I've seen him. And probably he thought, God's first great deliverer for us was a baby. Put in a little ark in the River Nile. I get it. This is how God works. Nana, she would see that child and she would prophesy. And I imagine those people standing there around Anna and Simeon wondering, what is all this about? What is going on? And Joseph, who was a poor man, wondered, I've got these gifts from these wise men. What are they for? What's their purpose? Then God gives him a dream. He's like some of you have never thought about leaving Newton County. I promise you, he never thought I'd take a vacation to Egypt. And yet God gave him a dream and said, you need to flee with your wife and your son for his safety and your safety. He had to be surprised how God had provided, how God had met his need, how God had blessed. All of us have probably had times, hopefully, where we've wondered how this really came to be. Not to bore you, but when I talk about Dan, I always talk about her second life. My second wife. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it was a wonder. I'll be honest with you. As I've studied the parable on prayer, I'm a little ashamed of myself that I could have prayed better. And probably if all you hear what i got to say, you might say that. But uh, uh, all of us should have times in our lives where what God has done to us isn't commonplace, isn't normal, isn't average. It's wonderful. But it all started with Jesus Christ coming, and he is wonderful. And if you and I don't see that this Christmas, the next Christmas, if we don't understand that, we're not really understanding what his name is. Wonderful counselor. And there's a lot to the counselor, but wonderful. It's amazing that God became a man and dwelt among us. There have probably been other ways to fix this, maybe. I don't know. There wouldn't be. I know too much theology. An angel couldn't do what Jesus has done. There's not a man who's ever been born or woman who could do what Jesus has done and what Jesus is going to do. And so Christmas is a time of wonder, but it's a time of wonder 
because of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference. For 60 years, Crowder College has been empowering students to soar to new heights. From agriculture to education, to business, sports, and the newest technologies, Crowder always has something interesting going on. I'm Adam Winkler of KNEO Radio. Join me each week as I talk to a different person from Crowder College about what's been happening and what's coming up next. It's the Insider's Guide to All Things Crowder. Subscribe today to the This Week in Crowder College podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network.